It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is another estate planning essentials program. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the grateful owner of KAAM Radio and co-host of this show. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my friend, my partner, my attorney, my lots of things, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Summer. I hope is ending. I'm tired of this 100 degrees every single day stuff. And I live north, a half an hour north of Dallas, and it's still hot as heck out there, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it is hot. Uh, <laughs> some like it hot, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's kind of uh, um, kind of ready for a little bit cooler weather. Yes, well, um, or and some water, too. Maybe some rain would really help also. Goodness, the drought is so bad. I hope there's some relief seen on that. But we do have some estate planning relief, thanks to you. And we want to discuss today that thing called IRAs, not Inflation Inflation Relief Act, uh, Recovery Act, that the, the current Biden administration is calling it, but individual retirement accounts. And there are 10 common questions regarding those when it comes to making distributions. And Michael, you want to address those today? Yeah, a lot of people ask questions about when I should make a distribution from a retirement account. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd go over 10 common type of questions uh, that people ask. Okay. And first, the first question that uh, a lot of times people say, do I have to make a, a RMD? That's a required minimum distribution. Remember on an IRA, a lot of people also you just even get confused. They think, oh, it's a terrible thing. I save for retirement and I get taxed when I take out. Right. And so, but that's the whole idea was that Congress passed this law many years ago that says, okay, we want, Americans weren't saving enough for retirement. So they said, okay, what we'll let you do is let you invest in an IRA and you won't get taxed. There'll be tax deferred growth. But eventually when you take out, you're going to get income tax. So IRAs are great during lifetime. Unfortunately, it may not be so good at when you die, but they're, but they're great during lifetime. And a lot of people say, what do you mean I have to pay tax on taking that out? Right. Yeah, you do. And so a lot of times people defer it as long as possible unless they really need the money. Mm-hmm. And then there's those different issues of what happens when you do it at what age, as many people know. No. Um, you have to make that required minimum distribution. If you were 70 and a half before January 1st, 2020, mm-hmm. then you're required to make distributions right now. Uh, if you were, so the first question is. Well, before you go, it's interesting because I don't know if I've ever really addressed this aggressively or even you have with all due respect. And that is one of the common themes of every program you and I do together is when. Ten common questions on when to make distributions, but when and timing is everything, meaning don't wait, whether it's attending Michael's next workshop, which we'll promote soon, or when you make these distributions, 
timing is critical. Yeah, and a lot of times, uh, and and who you give it to, and all this other kind of stuff, it makes a difference as well. The first question is, do I have to make a required minimum distribution when I turn 72? So on the SECURE Act that passed a couple of years ago during the Trump administration, the they, the law changed. Instead of having to take out when you were 70 and a half, it's now 72. Okay. So you have to take out a distribution. Um, is this when the required minimum distribution should start. But when uh, do you have to take it the year that you become 72 is the first question. Mm-hmm. And the actual answer is mm-hmm. you could take it out as late as the April 1st, the year after you become 72. Okay. Uh, now, if you do that, you'll have to make two distributions, one for, for when you were 72 mm-hmm. and one when later that year. So be careful on doing that. Let me ask you before we go any further, why did the Trump administration do that? Why did they extend it two years? Um, well, people are living longer. Uh, and so this is, you know, it, just like why did Social Security, did you have to, the age that you start taking Social Security right. uh, change? Uh, mm-hmm. People are living longer, as we've been saying throughout our shows. And as a result, people are living longer than they have to have a, um, and have a longer, uh, we have to plan more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, people are living longer. Now, okay. there are some detriments on that SECURE Act. Uh, uh, they did the advantage of not having to take it out to your 72. The disadvantage was for the beneficiaries. When they passed the SECURE Act, uh, unless you hit five different categories, a surviving spouse, um, a child my, a child who's a minor, mm-hmm. that's your child, somebody that's less than 10 years of age, uh, difference uh, than you. So if you had a sibling that was a beneficiary of your IRA, or if you're disabled or chronically ill, still the beneficiary could stretch the retirement count over over their life expectancy. But if you're just, let's say, a child, adult child that receives uh, a IRA and you're not disabled or chronically ill, then now all of a sudden you have to take out the distributions from, let's say, a parent uh, within 10 years following the year of death. So now the government, what they did then was say, yeah, we're going to increase the age because people are living longer. However, your beneficiaries, uh, you're, we want our taxes quicker. So it's not so altruistic uh, that uh, it was done. Okay. <laughs> It's governmentistic as opposed to altruistic, yeah, right, something right, like that. Right, right, right. Okay. So they want their tax dollars yes, quicker. Do. Okay. okay. So, so now you really don't have to take it out until the uh, actually the year after you become. Now you can take as early as January first of the year, even if you haven't turned seventy two yet. Uh, let's say you turned seventy two in September, uh, you could take it out in on January first. Uh, you could have taken it out as of January first of the year that you turned seventy two. And by the way, I anticipate that that law will change. It's just like we just said, people are living longer. There's now this thing called Secure 2.0 because there's uh, consideration of increasing that to 73 uh, by the end of year uh, 2022 and eventually 74 and 75, depending on your uh, year of birth. So it looks like because people are living longer, it is anticipated that will be a change in the retirement account, a retirement planning uh, or when you take 
take out distributions at least. There'll be lots of other things uh, we anticipate with law to change because it has bipartisan support. So uh, right now, anyway, the answer to the question, do you have to make distributions before uh, the year that you turn 72? And actually, the correct answer is April 1st of the year that you follow, following that you turn 72. And next year, it may be 73, depending if the law changes. Okay. Number two, at what age can I make a distribution without an excise tax? So this is kind of a two-part answer, um, and maybe even three-part. Um, you, if you take a distribution generally before 59 and a half, you have an excise tax of 10%, an additional penalty uh, besides paying the tax. And if you don't take it out before, uh, when you return 72, it's a 50% excise tax. Goodness. So in addition to the tax, you have this penalty. All right. So this is why it's important to know these things. And sometimes you find these people where we don't really see the issue. uh, Where we see it is when the people don't take it out. They, for some reason, oh, they didn't know. They say, oh, I didn't know that I eventually had to take it out. You know, we said at the beginning of the show, um, you have to, you're required to make a distribution. Now, there is on the 59 and a half, there is an exception under the Internal Revenue Code. You have to be really specific that you can take it out uh, before age 59 and a half. You have to go within certain guidelines. Um, so in other words, you would either have to take it out within five years. So if you were, uh, let's say, at 50 seven mm-hmm. uh, you have to take it out for five years and you have to be it gets really kind of a little there's different options I don't want to get into too much complication but there is an option where you don't have the 10 percent excise tax uh, but you have to go through some specifics to do that uh, too much information for this show as it is mm-hmm. so I'll leave it at that but at 72 uh, right now if you don't take it out the uh, at least by April 1st of the year after you turn 72, then you will have a 50% excise tax. I hate the phrase or the cliche, but ignorance is no excuse. When you say, I didn't know that was the rule, that was the law, it's like speeding. Well, I didn't know there was a speed limit because I didn't see the sign. And the police officer is going to say, tough. Yeah, the laws are the rules and those are the laws and you got to follow them no matter what. We are a nation, I'd like to think of laws or rules, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody, you know, we should try to comply with the rules or right. else there's consequences. I agree. People have personal responsibility. Great. Okay. All right. Okay. So can you take an RMD, required MEM distribution, before you're 72? Well, first of all, um, you could always take out, well, first of all, you don't, like I said earlier, you could take it out as of January 1st of the year that you turn 72, if you'd like to do that. And in fact, you could even, even between 59 and 72, uh, you could take out distributions, you just get taxed on mm. whatever you take out. Okay. You're just required to make a distribution. So if you think that uh, when you should take out that distribution, is it going to be the early part of the year or is it going to be the next year? And sometimes, it's going to be uh, a guess on what you think, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Okay. If I am 72 and I'm still working, do I still need to make a required minimum distribution? The answer is the same. You still have to take it out by April 1st of the year following that uh, you turn 72. Okay. However, 
on certain 401ks, depending on the 401k plan. Some of them will let you uh, not have to make a distribution until after, till the April 1st of the year after you retire. Oh. So it depends on whether you have an IRA, individual retirement account, or a 401k and what that plan says. So if you're still working, uh, you could uh, then, uh, you'll be- better check out if you have a 401k plan if you don't need to have the income. If you don't need to have the income. Very helpful. Thank you. All right. Can I still make contributions to my IRA if I'm 72 and still working? And the answer is yes, you can. Mm. Um, but you still have to make withdrawals by April 1st after the year that you turn 72. Okay. So that was number five. What is the date of valuation to calculate the required minimum distribution? Well, So in other words, remember on an IRA, uh, they look at your life expectancy. So each year the distributions change as your dollar amount and your life expectancy changes. Each year we have a little bit less life expectancy. So they do the calculation as of December 31st of the year before you turn 72. Mm -hmm. So this may make a difference to you, as I was alluding to earlier, as to when you should make your distribution as to what you think is going to happen. Do you think the stock stock market's going to go up or do you think it's going to go down? And you might take it earlier or later, depending on what you think is going to happen. Got it. Because it's based upon what it is on December 31st of the year before. Can I get a charitable deduction if I distribute the IRA directly to my charity? It's not a charitable deduction. However, you don't have to pay income tax on the distribution if you have this, what's called a qualified charitable deduction. In other words, if it goes directly to the charity, mm-hmm. let's say you don't need the money and you always give to, let's say, whether it's a church or a charity. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's Association, the best one to give to. Sure. Uh, the always. Alzheimer's Association, mm-hmm. as we talked about last week's show. Of course. If you give directly to the charity, you don't get income taxed. Okay. So if you're going to always make a charitable contribution once you're at least 72, then where you would be income taxed and you don't need the income, or at least to the extent that you don't need the income, instead of making the distribution to yourself and then giving to the charity, because then you get an income tax, Ah. then you just have it go directly to the charity. And if you do that, then you will not have to pay income tax on that IRA distribution. Good to know. It's very important. Yeah. And I guess the question is, how much can you give? Well, you can give up to $100,000. I know everybody's out there waiting to do that. But if you have a large enough IRA, you could give up to $100,000 to a charity without income taxation. Each year. Each year. Wow. Very good. Yeah. So a lot of times who are the wealthier people, they certainly would take advantage of that, especially if... You're just tithing, you know, then this might be a way that if you don't need the income, if you're always going to give to your church or charity, Mm -hmm. you could just have it directly so you don't pay that income tax. Excellent. Very helpful. Um, There are more mistakes that people make when it comes to IRA distributions, and Michael wants to address those uh, before the program is over. We also want to address his next free estate planning essentials workshop, which is Thursday, August the 18th at 10 o'clock. And these are free, in-person, 
workshops. They used to be online during the pandemic, which is long over, we hope, monkeypox notwithstanding, and that we're not going to have any more issues like that. And therefore, Michael wants to conduct those in person so you can get your free pastries, your free coffee, your free KWM coffee mugs, hats, shirts, whatever Michael has there that day to thank you for participating. But most importantly, it allows you to ask a particular question about your own individual circumstances or general circumstances, and Michael will provide you with his current expertise on what the laws are, speaking of the laws, and what might be right for your individual case before that free vision meeting, which should follow the workshop. Yeah. We give a free estate planning essentials workshop. It's two hours. It's free, like you say, with no obligation. You could ask whatever questions you have. It doesn't have to be on IRAs, but usually people don't ask about that. They may ask, how do we get our IRAs if there's a problem with a, let's say a child is either disabled, uh, we don't want to lose public benefits, or we they have issues with their spouse, or, or maybe they're uh, perhaps a child spouse, or maybe there's some sort of um, uh, other type of things you want to make sure things go to a grandchild. Uh, and so there's different planning and connects with the IRA, but notwithstanding that, whatever your questions may be, mm-hmm. uh, whether about wills or trust or powers of attorney or planning for long-term care, we ask whatever it is that you want to know. Mm-hmm. And over those two hours, we answer those questions and you'll see that you'll learn from others as well as what your own questions may be. To attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And I think you're going to find that you're going to learn something, have some fun, and I think you're going to enjoy it. No doubt about it. The thing about the going to the DallasElderLawyer.com website is that you can get, uh, you can download the podcast of this program if you missed part of it or if you want to share it with other individuals because we think they're very informative, they're very helpful, and they give you at least some guidance and are guardrails for perhaps what you should consider doing. This is never a demanding program, but it's just... Michael, who stays on top of this 24-7, and I try to, this is just advice on what we think you should do. But again, it's always up to you. You have your free will and independence and do what you need to do. But there's that. And then after the workshop, then they get to do the vision meeting as well. Yeah, right? I mean, not directly after that. We schedule right, a time. <laughs> but the, we say, okay, if you go to the free, and only if you go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, we'll also give a free, what we call, vision meeting. Uh, you don't have, We don't check your eyes for glasses, but we give you <laughs> a vision towards what your own estate planning goals may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we schedule a time if you want to take advantage of that and have three free hours of legal education without obligation. Again, all you have to do is download on DallasElderLawyer.com. That is, click on that and sign up for the workshop or call that 214-720-0102 telephone number. Excellent. There are a few more questions regarding IRA distributions you wanted to address. Yeah, so we just talked about, we left it off by talking about how you can make a direct distribution to a charity without income taxation up to $100,000 in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, well, if what if I only made a partial one? So let's say I tithe and I uh, just did that, but I still had to 
make more of a distribution. Does that change when the balance of your required minimum distribution uh, must be made? No, it still must be made by April 1st following the year you turn 72. Okay. Uh, if my RMD is a QCD, which the required minimum distribution is an RMD, okay. and the QCD is a qualified charitable distribution, that's when it goes to the charity, could this disqualify you for long-term care Medicaid? Just like there's tax laws and then there's Medicaid rules, and they're different. So, uh, sorry, charities, on this, uh, that it could be depending upon what you do think. So, let's say you normally tithe. If you tithe, you usually see for Medicaid, there's a five-year look-back period. Why Medicaid? Long-term care. Most people don't have long-term care insurance that have inadequate income or resources, and so when you live longer, you know, last week we talked about people with dementia, they're more likely to need long-term care. How do you pay for the cost of care when maybe less than 10% of Americans have long-term care insurance? And so often they look for Medicaid because let's say you had that dementia or had some sort of chronic illness, you might live in a nursing home, for uh, God, God forbid, properly, uh, for 10 or 20 years. If that happened, how are you going to pay for the cost of care? Most people don't have assets that will be sufficient. Well, anyway, so, um, uh, but Medicaid is means tested. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is an IRA, by the way, does not count as a resource for Medicaid if there are RMDs. However, uh, let's say you were making a required MIM distribution and you just randomly gave to a charity of your choice and within five years later you had a stroke. It could be a disqualification for Medicaid. You remember, we've always talked about how I always joke and say seniors have less rights than terrorists. Mm -hmm. Because if you give to the charity, you are presumed guilty. Whereas if you a terrorist kills people, they are presumed innocent under our criminal justice system. Right. Now, the reason for that is, of course, it's an anti-fraud provision because it's means tested. However, if you just made, a, let's say, a one-time gift, uh, especially if you already had some dementia, because then you think you did it on purpose. Now, maybe you could rebut the presumption uh, if it was done within five years. If you were, uh, were healthy at the time, you say, look, I didn't do that. I didn't realize I was going to have a stroke for you later, then maybe you could rebut the presumption, but you may have to do that upon appeal. If you have a history of tithing, you're probably okay. Mm -hmm. So okay. it could be, you'll have to look at the situation. So if you don't have long-term care insurance, we may have to look at what your situation is before you make that distribution from directly to the charity, even though there may be um, the income tax benefit of not having an income tax on the distribution. You have to think and look and see what your situation is, just like on any estate planning, and review what your story story is to make sure before you make that distribution. So for Medicaid, uh, we were just also mentioning, and here's the 10th one, uh, for Medicaid, uh, it is not a countable, an IRA, as long as you have a traditional IRA, it does not count as an asset if you are making required minimum distributions. So, but then the IRA, the income, the distribution is considered as income in the month of receipt. So here's a Medicaid tip for those people who may need long-term care. Let's say you have a Roth IRA, 
or you're not 72 and you're not making required minimum distributions, but you need long-term care. What can you do to get uh, to go within the rules and to have it not count as an asset? Well, actually, you could buy any type of annuity. Uh, you could buy a deferred tax-deferred annuity within the IRA. Um, you know, you don't have to buy one of these Medicaid-compliant annuities. So there are certain things called Medicaid-compliant annuities. If you do that, that would be a big mistake. I had somebody con email just on our website and said, oh, I'm thinking about doing a Medicaid-compliant annuity within the IRA for because I want to make sure that this or that happens. I don't want to get into too much details. That would be a big mistake because then you'd have income, whatever that term of that annuity is, uh, a more of an immediate taxation issue. Whereas if you could have a tax-deferred annuity, usually the whole idea is to have tax-deferred growth. So you could buy the annuity without the required distributions until... Uh, at least you're 72. And so if you buy that annuity within the uh, IRA and you're not 72, it doesn't count as an asset for Medicaid. There's no distribution. So that means that more would be paid for by the government. Uh, and if you have a Roth IRA where there's no required minimum distributions because you paid the tax up front, now all of a sudden you buy the annuity within the Roth and then it doesn't count as a resource. So this is kind of switching gears from the income taxation issue into long-term care Medicaid. So a lot of these things are related. And then, of course, again, too, with planning, you know, a lot of times people say, well, where do I want my IRA to go? Well, where does your designation of your beneficiary go? A lot of times we may want it to go into a trust. Let's say you have somebody who's disabled, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a child, and we don't want to have the uh, taxation. So we may have the beneficiary designation to the I'll call it the Disability Trust, it's Special Needs Trust, uh, or Supplemental Needs Trust, uh, or let's say you want to make sure that things go to your grandchildren, you're concerned about your child's spouse, that no good son-in-law or daughter-in-law, you want to make sure things stay in the family, even if it is a good son-in-law or daughter-in-law, you're concerned that the child's spouse may get remarried and your assets that you've worked so hard to, uh, to uh, accumulate, and usually an IRA is one of the biggest assets that most people have, other than maybe a home. Uh, then if you wanted to make sure things stay inside the family, you could have things, the IRA, go into a trust. You have to be careful. There's different taxation issues. So this gets a lot more complicated than people realize, mm -hmm. but there are different things. So we have to look and see what's more important. Is it protection or taxation? Uh, because it could result in higher taxation. Mm -hmm. Again, this is where it gets more, the rubber meets the road. You say, oh, gee, this is getting above my, this, oh, my head starts to hurt. Mm -hmm. Because now you're talking about taxation, long-term care benefits, and and a lot of times you have to consider both depending upon what your assets may be. This is what this program is all about. It's about estate planning, which addresses death and life when you pass away and when you're alive. And IRAs are no exceptions. They apply to both situations. This is why you need to attend Michael's next workshop to uncomplicate or decomplicate this matter and ask him questions. If not then, then at the vision meeting. Dial 214-720-0102 for the next workshop, which is Thursday, August the 18th at 10 o'clock. Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. 
That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call them by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today. 214-720-0102.